1: Good morning, and welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and it is our hope to empower you, the listener, to know and being and impacting the world around you, knowing, being, doing, impacting the world around you. Um, and, of course, as always, you're welcome to join us on this this illuminating journey. If you haven't figured out, I am a bit congested, uh, so bear with me. I don't know how I'm going to make it through the whole show, but we're going to do what we can. But as I said before, you're always welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do that. Best way you can do it by calling in on the number 347-237-5230. That's the number to get your name, uh, your thoughts, two cents, five cents, ten cents a dollar. All for everybody, stand up and holler. <laughs> that's the way to get your thoughts and insights on the air. Also, you can hit us up on the Facebook page, uh, Zero Network. That's the Facebook page. Look at it, like it, subscribe to the page on Blog Talk Radio. Hit us up at email, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail.com. Uh, we're working on getting a, 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 a website up, so y'all bear with us on that. Anyway, uh, before I get off to rambling again, as I usually do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for grace and mercy. We ask that you would bless the show and be glorified. Is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. See, I'm already stumbling. I can't even talk already. (laughs) Well, good morning to you. We're glad that you're joining in to the show. I am excited about every week I get to do this show. I'm always excited. It's a new opportunity to explore uh, topics in a different way and today is not no different um you know uh zira is all about show, sowing seeds of life and, and knowledge and liberation and you know we take approaches to topics that are uh you know we take different approaches to topic I, I never want to be the kind of host that just says what everybody else is already saying because that's just regurgitating stuff so we always pre- present you know we try to present information differently so But anyway, we're going to be talking about a very difficult topic. Uh, uh, We're talking this morning about uh, God and terrorism. Is there a connection? Now, before you answer that question with a definite answer, you need to really think about that question. Uh, It is a very profound and deep question. Is God connected with terrorism? And, of course, we can look through Scripture, and we'll we'll do that. We'll look through Scripture, and... uh, See, the other thing I wanted to You know, the other thing In in, in light of this Boston uh, you know, the Terror bombing in Boston you know, uh, Some other questions came up That I'd like to explore a little bit further uh, So we're, that's what we're going to do uh, As time progresses But, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of myself But those are some things that we're going to talk about God and terror uh, You know, is, is the God that Is the God that we're serving Trying to get our attention And if he is, why is he? Is it is this the way to do it? Uh, second, you know, is um, which God is it? <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of conflicting gods here in in this season. You know, uh, some of you might be listening like, what well, is he talking about? Conflicting God? Well, you have a God of love and you have a angry God. So I, it's a little conflict, and so we'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't want to jump ahead myself, but those are two things that we're going to try to address in this time that we have with you today. But before we get into those serious topics, let's listen. Uh let's get into some uh light topics, I guess you can say. Not really light topics, but I I thought this was kind of sad, but I came across this <laughs> this article the other day from this place called Lark News. Now, Lark News is a satirical Christian website. In other words, it print it, it it posts real looking, serious looking news stories. You know related to Christianity, but they're really just a farce. It's really funny. You know, really nothing serious about it. Anyway, so the other day, Lars News, Lark News, puts up uh on his website this article that a couple that had been married for two years what had been abstinent before they got married has continued to be abstinent after they had got married 2 years into their marriage and i was like what the what you know i was like this can't be serious right this, there is no way that this is serious. but you know like many people i got duped and i pushed it you know I, I i uh i i uh put it on my put it on my um my facebook page just to see if i can get some you know <laughs> What kind of questions, you know? What kind of discussions it would get generate, and of course it got a lot of <laughs> a lot of discussion. But but the thing was the funny, you know, before I realized, you know, I had to go through and review the site. But before I realized that it was a farce, I, I was like, wow, these, you know, I, my mind was like, okay, these guys are trying to be super Christians, you know, and by by holding out even after they're married, and I was like, man. I, there is no way, absolutely no way, that I would abstain uh, unless it was absolutely necessary. You know, other than going to a fast or you a know, consecration of some time, I wouldn't abstain from sex with my wife. No way. <laughs> I know y'all probably wonder, what in the world does they have to do with the show? It doesn't have anything to do with the show. That's the whole point. I, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it just, I just thought it was funny that... You know, and, and there might actually be some Christians out there who, who who do that. You know, who might think sexist too. And matter of factly, actually, there was uh, there was at one time a movement within a sect of Christianity that was pretty much set on you know on a sexless marriage. Matter of factly, up until the you know up until the sixties, uh, the idea of Sex and marriage was still taboo, and if you go back and you look at those TV shows like you know uh, Leave It to Beaver and uh, all those other shows, you saw that the the parents slept in separate beds. Yeah, yeah. I never got that, but just the idea of having any kind of uh view of sexuality was just you know that was super taboo. And now you know they do all but show penetration. <laughs> In these shows, you know, and I, I'm not just talking about the adult shows. I'm talking about even on the kids shows, you know. The kids shows, they're just as bad, just as raunchy as as the adult shows, you know. And I have to turn off the television. Some of these, some of these shows. I used to like to watch a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of Showtime and. HBO and stuff like that. I uh, don't watch them anymore because the shows are getting a lit, uh, just a little bit raunchy for me. And, and HBO and Skinamax <laughs> But anyway, I, I, I was saying, you know, I, I was saying all that because uh, not only has our views of morality morality uh, evolved, uh, if I guess I, that's the best word I could use, I, I, our views of morality censorship is evolving because now there are shows uh that are allowing just about anything to happen with the exception of, you know, like like I said, uh those those pay per view shows, you know, you know, they but then again, even them, they're you know, they're showing all but penetration. You 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 know those are some good actors. I, I couldn't be an actor in shows like that. But anyway, I couldn't uh I, I couldn't go two years and as a married husband, and be abstinent. That's just foolish, you know. And At first, you know, like like a lot of people who responded to the comments, they were like, well, somebody, you know, somebody cheating somewhere. Or, you know, this is a down low couple. Somebody's not who they say they are, you know. The man is gay or the woman is, you know, and that would be feasible. But if you ever want a good laugh, you know, just go through to our larknews.com and you'll find some funny stories. I, I found one that that kept me. I, I actually thought about doing it. It says uh, the no pray list. <laughs> and uh, what it was is this is a story that some guy who's a I think he was a Muslim or somebody he complained that one of his neighbors put him on their prayer list at the church, <laughs> and so he petitioned. You know, he petitioned the pastor, take me off your prayer list, yeah, what, and you know, threatened to sue whatnot. And I even thought about that for a second. You know, there's, some, there's a, some validity to that. You know, we're often praying for people without their consent. <laughs> and his argument, and it's, you know, it's funny, but it's true. You know, you know, uh, he didn't give his consent to the people for praying for, to so his neighbors were praying for him, and therefore, you know, it's unauthorized prayer. <laughs> So I just thought that was fun. Y'all should check this out if you need a good laugh every now and then. The stories will make you laugh. Larknews.com, and I just thought I'd share share that with you just to kind of break the ice for the, the deep subject we're gonna talk about. A um, couple other things in the news that I, I I want to address is you know other than there's been a scary week uh, with the with the uh, Boston thing tragedy. Uh, Two, uh, President Obama just got a, you know, they, someone sent a letter to President Obama. Someone sent a letter to, uh, one of the senators here from Mississippi. And both letters were, uh, laced with a poison. Uh, I can't, I don't know what the, it's R-I-C-I-N. I don't know how, is it Riken, Ricken, whatever. But anyway, both of those were intercepted before they got to, the, uh, but, uh, Roger Wicker is the senator here from, from Mississippi. Um. So he got a, uh, someone mailed him a letter, and someone mailed uh, President Obama a letter laced with this poison. And again, you know, it's bringing up this this fear. It's bringing up this fear that uh, between gun control, between um, all of the violence that is happening, you know, it's bringing up this fear. But uh, again... I'm jumping ahead of myself. So before I jump ahead of myself, I'm going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we'll get into the topic of the day, and the topic of the day deals with those heavy questions I asked before. So you may have some good ideas. You may have some thoughts. You may have some insights. You may have a lot of stuff I just don't know about. But either way, whatever you have, you're welcome to share your thoughts with us on this show today. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this.
0: When mucus piles <coughs> up in your chest, the congestion can get in the way of your day. with the drug, the floor, with so few hours in a day, it's not easy keeping a place looking this fresh. You have the magic touch. Maximum Strength Mucinex breaks up the mucus that causes chest congestion, and only Mucinex is a bilayered tablet. One side goes to work fast, the other is long-lasting. Uh-oh. <coughs> what about my cagulant? Mucinex is fast-acting and provides long-lasting 12-hour relief. 12 hours? Mucinex in. Mucus
1: out. Friends, Mother's Day is right around the corner. That's right, April is moving by fast. So let me give you a head start to get that perfect gift for your wife, your mom, your sister, aunt, auntie, whoever it may be for Mother's Day. How about finding the perfect gift at ProFlowers.com? ProFlowers Pearl has some one, some of the best flowers you could ever want. They have a bouquet of deluxe flowers for mom. They have yeah, lilies. Yeah. They have roses. They have sunflowers. They have all kinds of things for great deals. So get a head start on. Mother's Day. Start looking out. Get spring plants. Get something beautiful for your mom. And I tell you, you can even get some 30 purple tulips for a very nice price. Whatever it may be, make sure that you show that person, your mom, your aunt, your sister, whoever it may be, that they're very special by getting them some very special flowers from ProFlowers.com. And, hey, you might get a big deal. If you click on the radio mic, you might be able to get a good discount. So check them out today at ProFlowers.com or
0: 1-800-580-2913. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. a million apps and counting on the iPhone. Apps that can take you anywhere and do anything. You might say there's no limit to what this amazing device can do. So the question to ask is why would anyone want to limit the iPhone? We don't. Truly unlimited data for your iPhone only from Sprint. Shine to me a long time, fully really, I don't need anybody but you. Swiffer attracts dirt. Used mops can push muddy water around. Swiffer WetJet's new upgraded solution helps prevent streaks and residue to reveal more shine than a mop. Or your money back. You're a Swiffer snapper.
1: Hey, friends, if you're in the Jackson, Mississippi area, I would like to take the time to invite you to join myself, and New Bethel AME Church family, for a wonderful series of home group studies that we are engaging. Studies include topics such as asking God your hardest questions. Other topics will be discovering every man's battle, dealing with sexuality and sexual sins for men. So there's so many other things that we're involved in. And I'd like to take the time just to invite you to come out to New Bethel AME Church in 2202 Decatur Street, Jackson, Mississippi, and join us for these and many other wonderful classes and opportunities just to share in God's Word. Um, Always welcome to come, and we'd love to have you there. As New Bethel. Come on out and share a time of fellowship and study and insight with us. Thank you. Welcome back to Zero today again. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and um, w- w- you know I had a little fun in the last session, <clears throat> the 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 last segment. I, I I you know what can I say? I I enjoy fun stuff stuff like that stuff like that. But um, moving on to a, a very serious top, you know, a serious topic of the day. Um, the question I pose that as we land into the show is uh, terrorism and God. Is there a connection? And I and I and I I ask before you answer that question that you really ponder, really ponder that question. Is there a connection? And by connection, what do I mean? I'm asking the question, uh, as as some people, some people say uh, would would imply uh, that uh, that God is all knowing, God is all present, and God is all powerful. Which we understand, you know, we, you know, in the Christian church, that we've taught that. So, from that understanding of God being all knowing, God being all powerful, God being all present, uh, then God in some way must be connected to the acts of violence that we're seeing in our country and in the world. Uh, and when I say terrorism, I'm not just limiting limiting it to the attacks that happen. Uh, monday but think about what's going on in africa in the congo in sudan and nigeria i mean you have christians and muslims are you know killing each other in those areas you have think about what's going on in pakistan in iran uh well not in iran but in those in the in the middle east in that area even now in egypt uh well you you find these acts going on in, in Asia, in some areas of Asia, Indonesia and the Philippines, you're finding these acts of terrorism. Now that I'm not making the mainstream news here in the country, but they are all acts of terrorism. And and terrorism can be simply defined as an act against someone an act of violence or anger you know, endangerment against someone else. And what we witnessed Monday was some individual uh, decidedly uh, placed a bomb in areas where he knew it would be maximum uh, casualties, maximum casualties. And thank God it were only three deaths. You know, we we pray for the families who lost, especially young, the uh, eight-year-old boy uh, child. I think it was a boy who who died. Uh, think about the people who lost their limbs and the people who and who will be experiencing the trauma of that, uh, that experience be living that experience, that trauma experience over and over again and you have to ask the question what is God's connection to that and I know some Christians are quick will be quick to say that God is not involved like that in, in that way and, and that's the you know and, you know, that's the question we have to ask. Well, if he was not involved in in that way, you know, then well, how, how was he involved, you know? Some people would attribute the fact that they either crossed the finish line before the bomb exploded or they were, you know, God allowed them to be further back, you know, that they didn't experience the explosion. You know, they were, some, some were coming close to the finish line, but they were not there, and they were not allowed to finish. And there were some who had finished, who had, you know, crossed the finish line and gotten their bags and gone back into their hotel. And so they gave praise to God for that. So if you're going to give praise to God for saving your life, uh, sparing your life, was he not the same? Is it not only fair to give Christ... To God for allowing the lives of those who were more traumatically affected. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking the question because, and, and that goes back to my my other question. You know, there there. Uh, if if that's the case, if that's the case that God was involved in that in that sense, in the sense that uh, He allowed it to happen and He didn't intervene for some people. He intervened for some and didn't intervene for others uh, which is which is a valid argument valid valid question. Why did it seem that those who say he intervened for them, why did it not seem that he intervened for others and another way, another way you could put it why you know he only allowed three people to die instead of the thousands or hundreds you know hundreds or or the thousands who were running the race, he didn't allow all of them to die. And it, it's the the you have to wonder, it, is it a different God somewhere in the picture, you know? I'm not saying that there is, but you have some Christians who are who are putting that out, uh that just as uh the killing in Newtown with the with the children, uh, there were some who were saying um that This is a result of God, uh, of us turning away from God, you know, as a country in particular. uh, This tragedy and with all the gun violence, it's because we have turned away from God. So the question I was asked, I had presented is, okay, is this a way, is this a way that God is using to get us back to him? And if it is a way... Is it a fair way of doing that? I mean, if God is if God is the way we think He to be, you know, uh, if if God is a loving God, then why why would He use tragedies such as this or terrorist acts such as these or uh, incidents just as this, not only the, in the large scale as as this, but even smaller incidents, you know, as death in the local communities, you know, homicides in the local community, things of that nature. Why would he use things like that to get our attention? Uh, yeah, ask, ask that question, and that's a fair question to ask. It's not a bad question. There's some some preachers, some some uh, theologians, some Christians who would not want you to ask that question because it puts uh, it puts all of the Puts all of the blame and responsibility back on the deity that they want to claim only is responsible for the good things. So you can't have a God who's only responsible for the good things. And then if you want to use the argument that he's trying to get your attention or, or as some people always pray, use this scripture in Second Chronicles. Seven and fourteen, and I I have this up, and this is my first reference point because this is the one that we always use. And uh, starting in in, in seven chapter, Second Chronicles chapter seven, um, verse thirteen, verse fourteen, verse fifteen, verse. Yeah, verse 14, 13, 14, 15. Look at verse 13. It says, if I shut up heaven that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and that's one statement. And then in verse 14, it leads into the more familiar statement that, that we use all the time. A lot of people use all the time. If my people, which are called by my... My name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will, and will hear their land. Verse 15, now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive uh, to the prayer that is made in this place. And of course he was put that within the context. Solomon is asking God, you know, he's, he's, he's saying he wanted to build the temple and uh he had finished the temple and and now he had praised to he had prayed to the Lord and you know it says in in the country it said that the Lord appeared to him at night in uh and um and, and this is what the Lord told him. But those that pericope of scripture, that particular of scripture, only one verse fourteen verse 14 is the one people quote the most and that's the one uh everybody's familiar and but look at verse 13 and and you know look at verse 14 in the sandwich between 13 and 15 and guys it seems like it's an incomplete sentence if I decide to, this is what it sounds like God is saying, and and I'm I'm being loose and I'm not being strictly interpretive. I'm being uh, I'm being more isogetic than exegetic. So so you know, and I'm I'm intentionally doing this to drive a point. But isogesis and exegesis are two different. Isogesis means I'm reading into it, you know. Exegesis means I'm pulling out of it. I'm not trying to pull out. I'm not trying to dissect it. I'm really intentionally reading into it because I want us to think. And I'm not trying to do it without, you know, to, to misconstrue the scripture out, you know, contextually, but to have us think contextually. Because here, uh, again, when, as you picture verse 14, in the as a sandwich between verse 13 and verse 15, here you, you see God saying, I could do what I want to do. I could shut up heaven. I could send locusts. I could stop rain. I could even send a pest, you know, I could send a disease of pestilence among the people. If my people would pray and see my face, then there's a possibility that I won't do all of that. And that possibility happens if you do this. What happened? is then, you know, if you pray, then I might allow myself to listen. And again, that's I to Jesus. I am not interpreting that scripture at all. I'm reading. I am intentionally reading into that to give you a perspective of a broader perspective of how you see God, how you see God's participation in this matter of terrorism, and how you see God's participation in this matter of suffering. Because if you are saying that God would allow. And and there, are, there, I agree that there, that God does allow suffering to bring us to him. But when we talk about mass suffering, would he do that in this day of age? Because the, the second question I, I, I led in with is that, which God is it? Is, uh, is this, a, if, if God is doing that, is this the God of the Old Testament? Or is this the God of the New Testament? Because the God of the Old Testament, when you read through it, that God... Didn't tolerate much of anything. I mean, he had twenty four thousand people die, d- killed in the desert, in the wilderness, according to the scriptures. <laughs> you know, in Exodus and in and, and numbers, because you know when he went, when Moses came up to the mountain and he gave he gave them the the the, the um the commandments, and they were so used to idols, of course. Now, well, let me. I mean, I'm. I'm gonna leave that on. But anyway, so you know, when they when they rose up against God, you know, he was he killed them. And then another occasion, there were two people who disagreed with Moses, and a plague came on the people. You know, and a certain amount of people died. Uh, and so, I mean, if that's the God that we're talking about in the Old Testament, where he allowed Moses, he allowed. Uh, Moses to slaughter people, and time you know, allowed Josh, Joshua to slaughter people, and, you know, things of that nature, you know, just literally do some horrible things, he allowed a lot of things, when you go through and read that Old Testament, you see a lot of bad stuff, which I would consider terrorist acts, in the name of God, that he allowed to happen. Or is it the God of the New Testament, you know, Jesus, who's the lover of our souls, and Jesus and God is love, as as First John four, right? You know, God is love, and that's what we like to hear, and and God is the one, you know, as Paul writes, there's no condemnation, and you you understand what I'm saying? So if 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 that's the God of love, but He's also the God of mercy and justice, as Micah the prophet Micah writes, what does God desire for you, oh man? You you know, but to do good, to love justice and mercy, and all that. You know, so we, we see that, we see, we see this kind of, this divided perception of God, who is it, which one is it, in this age, or is it the God of the apocalypse, is this the, and we are in the, if we look at it, if we are in the eschatological age, the age of, Revelation and you know, all the stuff that's supposed to happen, the, the days and uh, of last, last times, you know. So, if, if we're in that age, then now, if we're in that age now, is this uh, is, is this supposed to be happening? Those are the things I wanted you to ponder. I'm gonna take another quick break and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can um you know, figure that out if it's not. Um so call in three four seven two three seven five two three zero. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I forgot to say the chat room is open. Um so if you wanna leave your info and you know leave your thoughts there in the chat room you can do that. Or you can, you know, leave it a leave a little note on the on, on the uh Facebook page, however you want to do it. So, we're going to talk about that. I found some other scriptures I'd like to share, some other things I'd like to share with you, too. But uh, we'll get there as time goes. So, we're going to take a quick break.
0: The service is great. I don't see any difference with the call quality. Laura, I can just pick up the phone and call As many family members as I want. Ugh, why did I not do this earlier? I'm Laura Pruden, and this was my last bill before I switched to Vonage. Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month with unlimited domestic and international calls. Go to Vonage.com or call now. That, listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up oh, the shared that. data plan fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair?
1: Most dental work.
0: What?
1: Stop downloading and stop liking
0: everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. The best day. It was the best day. day. The best day. Because oh. we make a great pair. A great pair. Huh? Progressive and the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles. All kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's FloBot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, FloBot. Great job. Oops. Uh Uh-oh, FloBot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call or click today. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com Yes, Bobby! Yes, Bob. Hallelujah.
1: Tithe may cut dance, tithe may cut dance, all these members bowing heads, all while joining damn. hands, some of y'all lying, just the Holy Spirit, you just drunk from last night, from holy water and spirit, now you're walking in a church, all late, in the club till three, no service, start at eight, all up, uh, here she go, with another call, still trying to hear four when they know wrong, y'all should have stayed in bed, I ain't really want to come, but I had to get the weed from my cousin on the drunk such me. Man, buff, y'all. Kirk Franklin,
0: man, that will y'all. I ain't been to church in a month, y'all, but every
1: first Sunday, you can catch me in the front, y'all. Hallelujah. Yes, fun. yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feel the Holy Spirit. Let him move, my Welcome back to the, of the day. <laughs> I'm your humble, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and uh you see I'm having a little fun. Those are... Uh, those two guys, they're uh, brothers, uh, Emmanuel and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Hudson Brothers. I can't think of the name. Um, but he, uh, they, they have a Facebook page that is just, uh, Emmanuel and Philip Hudson. That's their name, Emmanuel and Philip Hudson. They have a, uh, a Facebook page, I mean a YouTube page that is hilarious. They do some funny videos, and I thought this was, I saw this video, I thought it was hilarious, but uh, <laughs> it just a little laugh to kind of, so I want to, uh, you know, help out a little bit with the, with the, uh, <laughs> now I got it off track. Thank you guys for getting me off track. So much of a distract, easily distracted. ADD working fine, y'all. ADD working fine. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking God and terrorism. Is there a connection? And before we came, before we went to break, I, I, I referenced the scripture that a lot of people use in Second Chronicles chapter 7 uh verse seven uh verse fourteen uh, if my people were call by the name we humble themselves and pray et cetera et cetera so forth, and so on and uh, uh my, again to put uh, when I asked the question, is there a connection I wanted people to ponder, i wanted you to really ponder that question I just quickly answered, yes, there is because uh you have those who are uh some evangelical Christians on the right saying uh, this is God's uh, this All of this is happening because, one, we took prayer out of schools, or, or two, you know, we are in moral decay because we're allowing abortion and we're allowing same-sex marriages and such and such and so forth. And, you know, and, and those people are saying because of these great sins, uh, we're having incidents like that. And part of me, I used to subscribe to that view. I don't subscribe to that view anymore because I think it's foolishness. Uh, it, there is it's irrational it's for one because these same folk will say that God is love, you know, Jesus is love, and will condemn, you know, I, I could go on and on about that. Uh, so that that connection is an invalid connection. It's a it's a it's a fallacy to me. That argument uh, of that is a fallacy. It's a fallacious argument because of the fact uh, that. They are subscribing to a uh, their prescri- uh, their perception of God, and their perception of God falls more in line with the Old Testament, judging angry God, than the Christ that is pictured in the New Testament. And and I'll be honest with you, it is very difficult sometimes to uh, make uh, to make those con- you know to make that uh, because you see. You see Jesus ask, uh, acting in love, you know, particularly, think about the woman at the well. He didn't condemn her even though she wasn't married, had been married five times. You think about uh, the woman caught in an adultery. <laughs> and, you know, whatever he wrote in the sand, condemned, you know, convicted everybody there. Um, and you think about uh Peter, you know, and even though Peter peter denied christ three times and think about and judas also we don't know what happened to judas but peter denied jesus three times and even after jesus rose from the dead you know he still interacted with people with peter and told peter to feed his sheep feed his lamb feed his sheep okay with judas jesus knew that jesus jesus knew that judas was a liar and a thief from the beginning and while they were, you know, had the woman coming and rubbing his head, you know, putting oil on his feet and rubbing it with her hair. And he's like, we could have sold this and made some money, but Jesus knew that he was a thief. But he let him be the treasurer of his little group. So, you know, you have that conflict there that cannot be, you know, cannot really be uh, put together. It, there's a conflict there. And for those Christians who ascribe to that, you know that's good i I can't knock you from that, but at the same time where would you be where would you fall under if you promoted the God of judgment and justice without the God of love and i I just got a take I said uh, uh, when you read through the Bible, you find various acts of terror let Let me show you a couple. For example, let's go to, uh, uh where, where, where? Let, let's stay in Deuteronomy. I, I talked about Deuteronomy. And here, Moses is leading the people, and he's, you know, they are supposedly in the wilderness, but in the wilderness, they're having to fight several several uh, bands, several little groups, I guess you can say. And God tells them, to destroy him. Look at verse, uh, chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21. <laughs> and, and, and this talks about uh, uh, a, a rebellious son. Okay? And this is certainly, definitely an act of, of terrorism to me. Uh, if a man has a rebellious, a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not avoid, obey the voice of the father, the mother, and when they have corrected him, he still won't listen to him, then his father and mother shall take him, bring him to the elders of the city, put him at the gates of the place, and they shall say, the son is stubborn and rebellious and won't obey our voice, he's a glutton, he's a drunkard, and all of the men of the city shall take him with stones and throne him till he dies, and that will put away the evil among you. And all of Israel shall hear and fear. And if a man is committed to sin worthy of death, he should be put to death, and hang him on the tree. That's in Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 21. But now look, if we take that perspective, and I think this is where some Christians get it, get this mindset. I think some Christians have this that we need to take all the evil people out of here, out of out of the country, just eliminate them and. I'm serious. I believe that, you know, they were talking about, um, I was reading a a news news feed and the army in its training video, according to the news feed, the army lists extreme evangelical Christians as part of, you know, as terrorists. It's extremely dangerous. Evangelical Christians is extremely dangerous. And there are, you know, initially when the, after the bomb, there were initially reports that, if it's domestic that it could be sponsored by uh the extreme christians some extreme Christian and militias etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know i was i was pondering that and it, it it made sense because some of these people who are promoting these views have are really is really just hatred you know plain and simple they, they they're hating in the name of god and think about during the time of the Crusades. Think about the millions of people who lost their lives because of a sense, you know, a sense of of trying to have Christianity as the dominant religion in the world at that time. Think about the Spanish Inquisition. Heck, even think about here in the states when we got, you know, even though the Puritans left england to come to the united states to practice their religion freely what happened is they end up becoming a terrorist state because they didn't tolerate any other thing or anyone else you know they were killing women accusing them of being witches <laughs> so i i know that doesn't make any sense but it happened uh and then you know when you read through the old testament you'll find cases where rape was sanctioned you find cases where murder was sanctioned you find cases where um god sanctioned people killing other people who did not subscribe to him uh and you know when you when you read about how they got into the, after the children in crossed into the promised land you know they had to Literally destroy everybody who was already there, and when they destroyed everybody who was already there, then they claimed it, and and now you know here we are thousands of years later it's still conflict in it. Oh, speaking of that, uh, this week or uh, this month uh, marks uh, the state of Israel's 65th anniversary. So the state of Israel, the secular state of Israel, has been around 65 years, and in those 65 years. They have been proponents of terrorism, sanctioned terrorism, ter- sanctioned terror acts. Uh, they're still doing it now. And, you know, there are those of us who are evangelists, those who are evangelists who are supporting that state and anything because they feel that the state of Israel plays a key part in in times. And so, you know, they're trying to help God along. You know, bring on the end times. I I don't know why that it that why that is, but their mind is so skewed that they believe that anything Israel does to protect itself as a state is God sanctioned and God ordained. And there's no proof of that biblically. There's there's no proof of that biblically, uh, and you know, because he gave them that land three thousand years ago or however long ago it was. When David established Jerusalem as the capital, uh, when you go back, it, it's, even when you go back there, you find that David was a terrorist. I mean, David did some crazy stuff. David was not the humble man king. You know, David was a warrior king. David killed, and they even saying Saul had killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. David was a rogue general. And you know Solomon. That's one reason why Solomon was afraid of him because he had not only had amassed a a large uh, militia to fight against him, but he had the popularity of the people. And and you know even after Saul died, David didn't state. You know David's like, okay, I know be king. What did Saul? What did David do? He killed off the rest of Saul's family, all but one, and he allowed the one who was a quadruple Quadripedic, basically, to come live at his house, but everybody else, he massacred. Now, I mean, I'm, that's that's in the Bible, y'all. Go ahead and read it. That It is what it is. So, I mean, it it's a hard thing to, to when we want to deal with the fact that if we're going to say that God was connected and involved, how was he involved? If he was involved in the way we say he was, is that fair? Is it fair for God to allow something, some good things to happen to some people and bad things to happen to others? Why would God allow an 8-year-old boy, innocent boy, in a stand to be killed by an act of terrorism to draw the people to him? When he says that, you know, we should be as preachers preaching the gospel to draw people to him. So somewhere there's a disconnect between the two if if we're not doing our job and God is allowing all of these things to happen because the preachers aren't doing their job, what they're supposed to be, because the Scripture says how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel and bring good tidings of good news, good things. You know, uh, and Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, he says, well, um, how can they hear without a preacher? You know, and how can a preacher preach unless he be sent? And 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 things that that they faith comes by hearing, and if apparently if people aren't hearing the message, they can't have faith. So God has to take over, you know. God has. It, I, let me use this analogy. Would it be when I was a teacher, and I was a band director? There were times I would play my horn to demonstrate a part when the students couldn't get it. And sometimes I was it, but when I wanted to prove that I was a player of the instrument also, as well as a teacher, you know, I, you know, I take out my mouthpiece and I get on their instrument and I would play their part on their instrument for them to see how it was supposed to go. And then I let them get it, you know, now did that take away from my authority as a teacher? No, It'd probably enhanced my authority as a teacher. It It, it did help. You know, give them a better understanding. But in reality, it only proved that I could do, you know, it only proved to them that I was better than a musician. <laughs> you know, proved to them that I knew more than them. I'm not trying to say that it's like that with God. But I am saying that um, that's how some people view, uh, are taking this. Some people are saying that this is how God is. You know, God has to take it out of our hands because we're not doing it. And this is the way of getting his attention. And if this if that's God's way of getting someone's attention, I don't think it's a very good way. And this is coming from a preacher. Does that mean I lost my faith? No. Does that mean I don't believe God is able to change and and move and use things to bring people to Him? No, because there are occasions that He does. I I know it. It sounds conflicting, but that's just a, that God does the way He does. Isaiah fifty five. Uh, and I want to say what verse 8 9 somewhere in there it says that your thoughts are not my thoughts my your ways are not my ways my, my ways are higher than your ways you know and, and that's the, what the prophet Isaiah is saying about God so we can't comprehend God and there is no way that we should be saying to uh, preachers as to this nation that all this bad stuff is happening because of well look at your personal life is there bad stuff happening in your personal life because of, you know, and if you're saying the same, if I mean, if you use that same rhetoric in your personal life, would you be angry at God or would you be drawn to God? And you might as well be real. More likely, you'd be angry at God if you, if you connect, connected all the bad things that were happening in your life to something that you did wrong. Sometimes, yes, because the Bible says, the author of Hebrews writes that God does correct his children. He corrects those he loves, and if he did not correct those he loved, uh, who he calls children, sons, daughters, then they're bastards, all right? So there are moments where God will use instances, uh, circumstances, situations to correct us, to chasten us, to get us together, right? But I do not believe acts of terrorists terrorism such as that are those things i do not believe that those uh the act that happened or with incident like with the the poison letters going to obama and and to the senator wicker i do not believe that that is god sanctioned okay that's just acts of individuals who who are crazy and yes, I'm making a judgment. I'm, I'm I'm being explicit in judgment. I do believe that those are acts of people who are individuals who need some serious help, individuals who have nothing better on their mind, on their hand, than to contemplate how to hurt others, how to inflict pain on others. And you believe it or you can believe it or not there there are people who are like that in the church there are people like that out of the church there are people who are Christians who are not like that there are people who are Muslims who are like that there are people who are atheists who are like that there are people who just do not like uh who just you know they're just uh evil they're they're evil and you cannot justify evil actions with uh with, with with god the evil actions of individuals of god if you can you know i know that 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 take seems to take away from the idea of god being all-knowing the idea of god being all-powerful the idea of god being uh uh of uh, god being all present. And 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 someone uh, the question is being asked. Um, uh, how do you think God feels about those who don't heed his his word, his way? And and that's a good point. I, I, I'm I'm glad you asked that question. When you we, let me put it this way, when we say his word, his way, it goes by interpretation because again, uh. Interpretation of scripture is so subjective. There are some things that are just absolutely clear. We should not kill. We should not steal. We should not commit adultery. We should not commit. Uh, we should, you know, not bear false witness. You know, the Decalogue, uh, some uh, the Ten Commandments. All right. So let's say that's the base. That is the base. The least, uh, the least thing an individual can do is to follow the, adhere to the Ten Commandments. If we adhere to the Ten Commandments, at least, at least, we will be walking in demonstration of of God's love. Okay, and we'll be doing that, and we won't fall into all this other stuff. Now, when you get when you talk about adhering to His Word as far as actions, that's a different, another another different thing, because. Well, not so much a different thing. Let me let me re, let me reframe. Let me reframe um, what I'm saying. If we go back by actions such as fornication, such as abortion, such as homosexuality, and such things of that nature, if we put that and say, uh, then we're not heeding to God's word. We have to question, we have to come back again and question the same thing. How are we honoring God? If we are honoring God, we should be heeding his word. And if we believe that there is no condemnation to those who are believers. Now, I'm putting it in the context of believers only. That within the context of believers, then, uh, there is forgiveness. And there is love that covers that sin. Uh so uh just so you know uh we're, we're running out of time but I'm going to continue on this thought and um I'm going to go over time a little bit so we'll be off air but if you want you can join the chat room get your thoughts in in on the chat room give us or or you can um get your thoughts in on the Facebook page and, and we can continue the dialogue there but uh we'll be going off the air in about about 10 seconds 15 seconds somewhere in there uh I, but either way. You can still, about 30 seconds, you can still listen, and, and even though we won't be on the air. So, uh, what was I saying? Again, if we believe that there is no condemnation, and we believe that in this season, in this conversation, that there is a get, there is God's grace and God's mercy that covers the multitude of sins, then... Uh, then there cannot be a, a full compensation for the wrath of you know for the consequences of sin. That cannot happen because God would be going against Himself. If He said that you know I forgive you fully if you confess your faults, if you confess your sins and uh, just and faithful to forgive you, then there cannot be just recompense. It can can't happen. There can be con- there's still consequences. You know there's no way that you could uh, rob a bank. And not get caught. You may not get caught immediately, but eventually, it's going to get. You're going to get caught. There are very few instances. There's only one, I think, where, where someone robbed a bank and never got caught. But everywhere else, got caught. And, and so, when you're talking about taking heed to the word of God, first and foremost, if you're saying that God forgives you, then you are saying that. Uh, you are under the care of God, who in turn is giving you grace and allowing you to continue in love. Okay? Not hoping that you will continue in the same thing. Uh man. I've gotten off track. So what I, I what I will do, uh, I, I will follow up on the rest of the discussion. I hope to hear from you. I, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the show. I hope everything was good. And, you know, feel free to uh, shoot me an email if, if you had some thoughts. Lorenzo at gmail.com. Uh Hit up the discussion on the Facebook page. However you want to do it. I'm running out of steam, so I'm going to end the show. But uh, thank you for listening. God bless you. Take care.